Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hello and welcome to the Tracy Sandler Show brought to you by Fivo. I am your host, Tracy Sandler, coming to you from the Greenbrier in West Virginia where the San Francisco 49ers are practicing this week and I am nothing short of thrilled to be joined by my colleague, beat writer extraordinaire, Nick Wagoner. Nick, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I uh, I will say we are doing it at the Greenbrier Resort and I'm really thrilled that your room is not number 237 because for anyone who has seen the movie The Shining, that's the room you absolutely don't want to be in. So it's, it's good for you for staying here all week and not being in room 237, but also good for me. And that's really, quite frankly, the most important thing. So Obviously. <laughs> and this hotel is enough like The Shining. Uh, and also, guys, there's a Greenbrier ghost. Make sure you're looking at my Instagram because I'm doing a whole thing with the players on whether or not this place is haunted. So it's a shameless plug. I'm actually the backup guest. The Greenbrier <laughs> ghost was Tracy's initial <laughs> ask, and I'm just the, the leftover. So I apologize to the listeners that I'm not a ghost. That'd be more interesting, I'm sure. Well... That would be fun. But since you're here, let's talk a little 49ers football. The 49ers are in a word, in two words, banged up. And they go in, they're going to Atlanta to, to play the Atlanta Falcons. For those of you guys who maybe don't know this, they played the Panthers on Sunday. They won. They've been practicing all week in West Virginia. They head to Atlanta this week to play the Falcons, but they are without a number of players. Of course, Emmanuel Mosley out for the season. Nick Bosa dealing with a groin injury. Eric Armstead's out. Javon Kinlaw has been practicing. Trent Williams is out. The list really goes on and on and on and on and on. So, Nick, let's start there. What is going on with this football team? Um, the the crazy part is is that like the good news and the bad news is the same thing, mm-hmm. and that's that they've been through this before mm-hmm. uh, many times. That you know this team under Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch has been banged up a lot, and we've seen it go two ways. So, like in 2019, we mm-hmm. saw. They had a lot of injuries, and people kind of forget that because of what the end result was. Mm -hmm. But the good news, and I use that term loosely because it's never good news when somebody gets hurt, but the good news was a lot of those injuries were, you know, two, four weeks, six weeks. Guys would come back, so you Mm -hmm. kind of knew that they were going to, and you were able to just kind of hold the fort during that time. We saw what the result was. They did get those guys back. They went on their run to the Super Bowl and lost, of course. But then in 2020, the injuries were long-term things and it was happening to the best players on the team. It torpedoed the season. We know what the result was there. And so we're kind of in that situation now with this team that is a little more like 2019 Mm -hmm. only in the sense of we're not seeing a lot of those season ending injuries. You've had a couple of big ones, of course, Trey Lance being a huge one. That's your Mm -hmm. franchise quarterback. And then Emmanuel Mosley, which I don't want to understate how important that is. He was playing very well. I personally believe the thing that has elevated that defense to the next level is getting that cornerback spot solidified, Mm -hmm. adding Mooney Ward and then Mosley's ascension. Those kind of things were happening at the same time. And so you take him out of the mix and they have guys who are capable behind him, but you just don't know. Um, And Jason Redd in particular, a guy that you feel good about, but you just don't know. Um, And then uh, you mean, you know, the defensive line in particular, you know, they practiced on Wednesday Mm -hmm. without any of their four starters Uh on the defensive line and they're deep. They have yeah. a they, they're, they're, that's one spot where they can afford that, but there is a trickle down effect of that. Mm-hmm. And so, especially against a team like Atlanta this week, loves to run the ball. A lot of similarities to the 49ers in some ways and how physical they want to play. These guys who are used to playing 18 snaps, 20 snaps, 26 snaps, they have to play 50 snaps or 60 mm-hmm. snaps, and they're trying to stop the run in the third and fourth quarter. That's when it can all kind of come back to bite you a little bit. So um, the good news again, I think that they're going to get healthy and they should be able to do that, but they have to hold the fort in the meantime because 
You don't want to get guys back and your backs are up against the wall at that time. Football is back and bet online remains your number one source for all your football betting needs this season. You'll find the latest odds, matchup info, player news, and game trends. And as your continued source for all sports wagering info, bet online features live betting, free contests, live scores, and giveaways all season long. Always the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports and events like MLB, MMA, tennis, boxing, and even golf. Head to betonline.ag to join and receive your 100% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Make sure to use promo code BELIEVE to receive your rewards. Bet online where the game starts. So let's talk a little bit about the cornerback position because I agree with you. That has really what's el- that has really been what has elevated this defense. So you have Jason Brett, who probably won't start on Sunday, coming back from injury. Do you think he plays at all on Sunday? Yeah, I don't know. I think there's, you know, it's it's funny because we have the conversation about the playing surface, right? Mm-hmm. And that was an issue again in Carolina. Mm-hmm. And it has been an issue, you know, we've we've all written about it and talked about it this week that they've come to the to the Greenbrier three times mm-hmm. and they've had injuries when they've come here all mm-hmm. three times. Has nothing to do with the Greenbrier, of course. Or the ghost. Or the ghost. But <laughs> oh well, we can't rule that out completely. I guess that's a good but point. <laughs> but, uh, but one thing that does seem to come up every year is that they play on these artificial surfaces before they come here and they get those injuries. George Kittle, who has been very outspoken about it in the past, has been again this week just talking about how there's no uniformity mm-hmm. to those playing surfaces. And so maybe they'd be able to be able to adapt that way. I say all that to say, do you want to bring Jason Verrett back and put him in a situation where his first game back is on an artificial surface mm-hmm. in Atlanta? And I don't know that that's the sole decision maker in this situation. You, you want to make sure that he checks the boxes and that he's ready and all that kind of stuff. But I think it's it's something that has to at least be in the back of their mind. Yeah. And the other thing that has to be in the back of their mind is, is if you remember in 2019, Jason Verrett came back and played against the Steelers. I think that was week three. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it was. It was week three because it was right after they got back yeah. from the Greenbrier, as a matter of fact. And he just wasn't ready. And, yeah. and so I, they want to make sure that he is fully ready to go. So to me, I think it's probably going to be another week for him. You know, he gets three weeks with the practice window and all that before they have to make a decision anyway. So. I think it'll be probably next week. They play the Chiefs at home, back on that luxurious grass that everybody talks about. Uh, and this week, you know, Ambry Thomas, I think, would be an option. Mm-hmm. They could go Diamondor Lenore, move him outside and have Womack play the nickel. They mm-hmm. could they could go the opposite of that. So they have a few different options. Even Dante Johnson, who is still yep. here, and they haven't used any of their promotions on. You know, I would mm-hmm. expect he'll at least be up in some sense, probably not going to start. But they do have a lot of options. None of them as good as Mosley or a healthy Jason Perret, though. Absolutely not. It'll be kind of interesting to see. And it might be cornerback by committee. You know, maybe one guy starts and then they start moving things around. But we'll see. It'll be kind of interesting to see in that position who who elevates himself to start on Sunday. Because I think we've seen Diamondor Lenore take a step forward this season from where he was last season. We've seen Ambry Thomas really take a step back. We saw Samuel Womack start at nickel, be replaced by Diamondor Lenore. So it's an interesting week for these guys as to who's really going to stand out and earn that position. And um, it'll be interesting. Yeah, yeah, there's a lot of opportunity there. And that's that's the one thing, if you go back to 2019, and we were mm-hmm. talking about earlier, when those guys would miss a little, like Daniel Brunskill became a thing in 2019 mm-hmm. because Mike McGlinchey and Joe Staley got hurt, right? Yep. So it was Justin School and Daniel Brunskill. And they did a, a solid job for a couple of weeks. Jalen Moore is in that position mm-hmm. now. So can he establish himself over the ne- these next few weeks? Holton McKivitz would have been that guy. Mm-hmm. So there's always these opportunities. That, and that's the, the thing I always say is, is that all these guys that are in the NFL are in the NFL for a reason. Mm-hmm. And they can they can hold up. The ones that are really NFL players are long-term NFL players. 
are the ones who show that they can do it week in, week out. And that's the hard part. Mm -hmm. But if you're at least good enough to, to hold the fort for these next few weeks, you're going to earn yourself more opportunities in the future and you can, you know, extend your career maybe even longer than it would be otherwise. So you brought up Brunskill, Jalen Moore, McKivitz. Let's talk about the Fort Niners offensive line, an area that throughout the offseason and going into the season was an area of concern. Obviously, without Trent Williams, Colt McKivitz, a big drop from Trent Williams, no offense to Colton, then Jalen Moore, a drop. But they've held their own. They've managed to get the job done. What do you see from them coming up this week? Yeah, I think the big challenge for them right now is, is that they want to get Jordan 49ers. I mean, they want to get George Kittle involved in the offense, mm -hmm. and he was more involved last week. But you have to help Jalen Moore. That's just the situation yeah. that they're in, that they're going to have to do that more. The easiest way to do that. And any help Jalen Moore more. Like yes. <laughs> and the only, the only way you're going to do that, and one thing every offensive lineman who's ever existed will tell you, the one thing they love to do is run the ball because mm -hmm. you get to come off the ball and knock the guy in front of you over. Right. Or at least that's the goal. Whereas pass blocking, you're, you know, you're back on your heels and, and all that kind of stuff. So that is the one thing that they did it well in Carolina. We've seen mm -hmm. Jeff Wilson run really well. I'll be sure we talk about him in a minute, but those are the things that they can do to kind of protect him. The problem is, is that, you still do have to drop back and throw every once in a while. Every and, it, and it requires them to help out their offensive linemen. And so just having Trent Williams, and, and we talked about it before before season, you and I did on this mm -hmm. very podcast, yes. about the idea that their offensive line, especially on the interior, had a bunch of question marks, three mm -hmm. question marks. And they had Trent Williams. Well, how much does Trent, you know, how much mm -hmm. could one guy make a difference for five? Mm -hmm. The answer is a lot, Huge. Um, especially in this case, because Trent Williams is someone who is not just a great player, but he is you know, instrumental in helping guys figure things out on the fly mm -hmm. and giving speeches and letting these guys know what they need to get done. And he's been, we've talked to guys, Jalen Moore just last week was talking about how important Trent has been in helping mm -hmm. him get back to starting. So having him back out there will be a significant thing. My information is that that's probably going to happen next week, I mm -hmm. think, um, before the Kansas City game or going into the Kansas City game, I should say. So that's a good sign for them. So it shouldn't be too much longer, but um, the good thing for them too is that this is not a great pass rushing team, but they have Grady Jarrett, who is one of the best defensive tackles in the league, one of the most underrated players in the league for mm -hmm. my money, um, and has given the Niners fits in the past against that kind of unproven interior. So, um, you know, they should be able to throw a lot of resources at him, but again, that's going to be the biggest challenge for them this week. So you mentioned Jeff Wilson. So let's talk about Jeff Wilson Jr. Had a fantastic game on Sunday has, has come up. Elijah Mitchell gets hurt in, in week one out for two months, which by the way, we're coming up on that two months pretty soon. Kind of going back to what you said yeah. early, early in the podcast that uh, Ty Davis price gets hurt and Jeff Wilson Jr. Is the guy. So he's having a really great season. So let's talk a little bit about him. We had a chance to talk to him on Wednesday People ought to talk a lot about his dark place and, and going into that before before he gets going. But he's a great story yeah. and he's a, kind of a fun story. So let's just talk about him on Sunday and how you think he's going to fare. Yeah, he uh, the, the whole dark place thing is is funny <laughs> because it, it, it will say like no matter who you talk to in mm -hmm. like a coach or a player, whoever, when you bring up Jeff Wilson, they all mention it. Mm -hmm. And I saw so just to, I'll give the listeners this one. This, it was funny when I was talking to Kyle Juszczyk after the game the other day, we we're talking about a bunch of different stuff and we we're talking about Jeff Wilson and he brought up the dark place. I said, okay. I said, I, I, what, like, what does that mean? Like, you know, people have talked about this and I understand the whole concept of like, when you play the game, you've got to go, mm -hmm. you, you got to take your mind somewhere else. But like for him, it's so consistent. I want to know what it was. And he's like, he's like, I'm not, I'm telling you, man, 
when before game starts, he puts his headphones on, he sits at his locker, he's rapping, like nobody talks to him. They just leave him alone. His eyes are bloodshot. Like it's almost like, it sounds like he's almost like a werewolf or right. something like the dark place happens at like, you know, don't feed the gremlins after midnight or whatever, you know, like that kind of thing. And like, like this, like he just turns into a whole other person uh, when the game starts. And so, um, yeah, he it, really interesting from last year to this year, because even in training camp, you could see that he was back closer to what he was, right. um, the juice that he runs with, um, the speed that, you know, he's not the fastest guy. He's not a Raheem Mostert, but he is pretty fast. He's pretty fast. He's pretty fast. And last year he just didn't have that. He came back from that weird meniscus injury mm-hmm. and all those things. And he's, like you said, he's been through so much he's, he's always been one of those guys who's kind of on the bubble Mm -hmm. Um, this year. It felt like he pretty early in camp solidified himself as the number two. And now he's getting the opportunity to be the number one and he's earning it. And you just have to be happy for a guy like that. And this is the Shanahan way. Like it is dating to his father. It just, random running backs off the street that Bobby Mm -hmm. Turner certainly plays into a part Mm -hmm. in in identifying and all that and getting success out of those guys. And Jeff Wilson has a chance to make a little bit of history if he finishes the season as the 49ers leading rusher, mm-hmm. he will be in the six years under Kyle Shanahan, the first player to lead the team in rushing two times wow, that's amazing. for a season. So yeah, they've, they've had a different one each of the first five years. He has the chance to be our first repeat champion. So a little bit of something for him to shoot for. Not that he really cares about that kind of thing, but as a stats geek, I, I do. So Well, and it's interesting because we when we talked to him on Wednesday, I asked him kind of about NFL offseason. You talked about training camp and you could see that it was different. He said it was after that injury that he really kind of locked in, for lack of a better term, on what you need to do in life, not just in football. And I think we're seeing the fruits, the fruits of that labor. Absolutely. And yeah, he's, he does all the things that they want their running backs to do too. And we have these conversations about why is Jordan Mason not involved more Mm -hmm. in the offense and how Shanahan talks about it all the time. What do you do when the ball is not in your hands? Mm -hmm. And if you put, if you, if you put Jordan Mason in a game right now, I think how Shanahan feels like it's a telegraph. Hey, we're going to hand the ball to him because we don't quite trust him to do that other stuff yet. But Jeff Wilson does do that other stuff. You remember in 2019, the Arizona game at home, Mm -hmm. he catches the Texas route, you know, takes it 32 yards, whatever it was for the game winning touchdown. And you see games like that Arizona game in 2020, the new England game in 2020. And then of course last week, you know, Mm -hmm. those are some of his bigger games. So he's, he's just as capable. He's got that physical style and he has the speed. Not again, not that elite type, take the top off speed, like a moster, but that physicality kind of offsets that and gives him another you know layer to his game that they use. All right, let's talk quarterback because you can't have a Fortnite's <laughs> podcast without saying Jimmy Garoppolo. You get fined. The league will actually fine you if you Me? talk anybody. If you, oh. have, if you have a you, the universal you has any sort of Fortnite's <laughs> podcast and the words Jimmy Garoppolo are not uttered, yeah. you get fined by the league. Oh wow, that's a fun. Fact. I did. It doesn't seem that fun. Not fun for the people getting the fine. I also may not be entirely serious, but we do. But okay. but right. it, it does seem to be the case. So let's. There are talk- some weird rules out there right now. <laughs> exactly. I didn't know if that got thrown in when they were like you know reworking the roughing the passer rules yes. or something. I didn't. I don't know. Well, they consider that roughing the passer. You don't talk about him. See what I did there? Wah, wah, wah. You guys I teed you up unintentionally, <laughs> and, and, I, and I instantly regret that decision. And the thing about Nick is that he really does regret that decision, and it will stay with him <laughs> for quite some time. But let's talk about Jimmy Garoppolo, the man they didn't want, the man they're very lucky to still have, who week after week, as he has gotten back to the starting position, is getting better. The thing with Jimmy Garoppolo is you know what you got. You know what the ceiling is. You know what the floor is. And it's a matter of working to his strengths and scheming around his weaknesses, I think would probably be a fair place to put that. How do you see him going against this Falcons defense? You mentioned Grady Jarrett, and that's 
that obviously is going to be a big one that the line is going to have to protect him from. Yeah, this is uh, a pretty good matchup. The Falcons defense doesn't really jump off of the tape or even off of the page if you're looking at numbers and things like that. So there should be some opportunities there. There are some good players on that defense. I mentioned Jarrett, uh, AJ Terrell at, at mm-hmm. corners is a good player, but they just don't have a lot of pieces right now that that really scare you. They're in, a, I mean, they're in a rebuild, but right. they're also a little bit ahead of schedule. I mean, I, there are kind of a frisky team, and a lot of that it like goes. The word frisky. A lot of that goes. A lot of that goes back to I, I think Arthur Smith has the goods. I think he's. Mm-hmm. I think he's a pretty good coach. Now, can he get the pieces to actually win and, and stay long term remains to be seen. But he's building a, a team that. You know, kind of similar to what the Niners have done, that, that, mm-hmm. that wants that physical identity, which you shouldn't be surprised. He came from Tennessee, had Derrick Henry. You have to be physical if you have Derrick Henry. That's another rule that I think people don't know about. But, uh, <laughs> but, but yeah, I mean, that's, that, that's, kind of, that's kind of who they are. And so for Jimmy, I think there should be opportunities there. But the biggest thing for him, I, you know, we, t- we talk about this endlessly, right? And we, we dive into all the numbers and air yards and, you know, behind the line of scrimmage and yak and completion percentage over expectation and all these, you know, analytics and things like that. At the end of the day, don't turn the ball. Don't turn the ball. It really is just that simple. And I hate like, you know, it's like, I feel like us as people who do this for a living, like we try sometimes to make it more complicated than mm-hmm. it is because it's like, we can't talk about football with just the, the common person. Mm-hmm. Because we know this, this, and this. But it really is just that simple sometimes. And and that's why the, the game last week against Carolina is almost the perfect Jimmy Garoppolo game. Like if you could if you could write a script of like this is how you want Jimmy mm-hmm. to play every week, it would check all those boxes. And I, and you know, a couple of touchdowns, no interceptions. You know, he had a couple that were close. There were a couple of close calls. He always does. Which, which he always does. But Debo um, Samuel PBU. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And and I think that that's just, you know. Like you said, we know what we're going to get from Jimmy Garoppolo. You just you've seen it. It's it's been a big enough sample now that he's going to have some games that people are going to be upset. They were happy in Carolina. Mm-hmm. They might be upset on Monday, but it's going to always look pretty similar. It's just going to be does he ha- even the Denver game, which he didn't play well. No, we would all not. agree. But the thing that really killed him was the safety, which is a bad play. And a couple of turnovers, mm-hmm. and and, and it, one of them, which was an interception that was on him, the fumble. You know, you could you could go either way with that. They mm-hmm. they indicated it was more on Brendel, but either way, mm-hmm. those are the things that he has to avoid. And it really I, that was a long winded way of me just saying the same thing over and over. But that is but that is really kind of at the end of the day what it all comes down to. Well, and it, I always feel like with 49ers football, when I get asked keys to the game every week, I sound like a broken record. But at the end of the day, the run game has to work. The defense has to do their thing and they can't turn the ball over. I mean, there's really no, if they don't turn the ball over, there's no reason this team shouldn't win every week. Obviously they're not going to, sure. but the the not turning the ball over is their thing. And yes, a lot of it's Jimmy Carl, but we saw George Kittle have a big fumble a couple weeks ago. And yeah. that's like the, the big thing with this team is also not making those stupid mistakes that, that bite them, the penalties in Chicago, all of that. And going back to quarterback that, you know, the, the 49ers are funny because Kyle Shanahan, you would say, is going to throw curveballs at defenses. Like he's really good at winning matchups and mm-hmm. game planning and those types of things. That's kind of what his reputation is. But at the end of the day, everyone in the league knows what the 49ers are about and what mm-hmm. they're going to try to do to you. It is simply a matter of can you stop us? Mm-hmm. And sometimes the Niners stop themselves. And when you have a quarterback situation like the 49ers do, and they're not the only team dealing with, there's a the vast majority of teams right. in the league are, have a similar quarterback situation. But there are teams that can turn it over and lose mm-hmm. the turnover battle minus two mm-hmm. and still win. But guess what those teams have? 
They have Patrick Mahomes, or they have Josh Allen, they have Lamar Jackson. You know, they have the quarterbacks that are able to overcome those things. Mm-hmm. 49ers don't have that. And it's 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 like a double whammy when not only can you not overcome them, but the guy who can't overcome them is the guy who's making those mistakes in the first place. Yes, I think that is very, very well said. So I, I want to go back quickly before we do some game predicting here because that's just fun, even though nobody likes doing that. But I want to go back quickly. We mentioned Mooney Ward early on, and I only want to bring this up because First of all, he's been fantastic for this team. I'm not even, I'm not sure they're paying him enough. Worth every penny may not even be the right term, but this team hasn't had a corner like this in in years, certainly not under Kyle Shanahan. So I just want to talk a little bit about how he has elevated that secondary and how you think he may be able to elevate whoever ends up starting on Sunday just because of the way he's been. Yeah, I would, I would push back just a little on what you said because I don't want to take away from 2019 Richard Sherman. Okay, uh, that's who was, who was very good. But I will say to your point, when you go to 2019 and look at that defense and say that was an elite defense, they had Richard Sherman playing at an all pro level. And and that's the thing that that's has true. missed that has been missing in 2020 and 2021 mm-hmm. and, and, and moving forward. But the thing about Charvarius Ward, Mooney Ward, uh, he, as he prefers to be called, um, is that he gives them an ability to mix coverages and D'Amico Ryan's the ability to do things that he couldn't necessarily do. Now I went into the numbers. I wrote about this today, actually. And you can look at the amount of zone coverage they play and the amount of man coverage they play. And they're about the same. Roughly, mm-hmm. you know, percentage-wise, about the same. Niners are playing sixth-most zone in the league mm-hmm. and, and 27th-most man in the league. So right, right in line with about where they are. But the difference is they're equally successful doing either one of them, mm-hmm. which gives D'Amico Ryan's license to push the button to go to man and maybe throw in a blitz mm-hmm. that he wouldn't normally have. And and that makes a huge difference. They're, they have the third-lowest QBR allowed Mm-hmm. in both That's man right. or zone and that and That's a lot of, and a lot of that is because of Mooney Ward and and the, the trickle down we talked about the trickle down effect of injuries mm-hmm. earlier there is a trickle down effect of having that number one guy ask how she had about it yesterday mm-hmm. how important was it to get that so that you could solidify those other spots because mm-hmm. when you have the one the number one guy you could figure it out on the other side and they right. had Mosley obviously that which was great because they had the two right but even when you take Mosley away you can you can roll coverage that way mm-hmm. you can do whatever you want and so I think that's why you're seeing more success as a whole. And it's a trickle down from having Charvarius Ward, who is so good in man coverage because he's a really good press corner. He talks about it all the time. That was the thing he wanted to work on the most. Um, But he has really quickly adapted Mm -hmm. as his own corner. And he didn't do that a lot in in Kansas City. Um, And he will tell you that he, you know, playing off coverage um, is something that he's gotten a lot better in since he got here. And I think there has been um, an effect on the entire defense. And, it, you know, it's it's really easy to see when you watch it and it shows up in the numbers too. It's interesting because when we talked about Trent Williams and how much of a difference can one guy make. And so with Mooney Ward, we see also how much of a difference one guy can make. All right, prediction time. So you mentioned the Falcons are frisky. The frisky Falcons, I'm just going to throw that out there if you guys want to take that and run with it. But the frisky Falcons, I think they are, they're a sneaky team. Uh, they are they are in a rebuild. They are certainly not, I don't believe, of the caliber of the Frontiers, but they are a sneaky team. So how do you see this one playing out? I think it's going to be close, probably closer than people want it mm-hmm. to be. I don't I don't think you're going to see a repeat of last week mm-hmm. for sure. Um, but I do think the 49ers will probably win the game. Uh, it's I, you know, if I knew Bosa's status as we sit here right now, I would feel better about that. I just lean in the. I'm gonna, I'm gonna make this prediction leaning in the in the way that he's not gonna play, but yeah. my answer is gonna be the same. I do think they're gonna win, but I, I, you know, I think the line is five and a half, six and a half. I think it started six and a half and has already moved down to five and a half, which means mm-hmm. people are betting Atlanta. Um, I don't know that they'll cover that. I, you know, this might be a little bit more of a white knuckler than people mm-hmm. expect it to be. Um, 
And it's going to be a thing that is going to probably drag into next week uh, yeah. because this team has struggled. They've, they're eight and one when they go on the road to these East coast trips mm-hmm. and they're one and three when they get back. And the one was a win against Pittsburgh, which they turned the ball over a billion times, but Pittsburgh had like Mason Rudolph, Duck Hodges and me playing quarterback. That right. week. So uh, anyway, that, that's a, I mean, the Chiefs are a tough opponent on top of that. So you may see the, you know, the, the effect of the injuries and, and mm-hmm. kind of the toll that they've taken on this trip. I think it's going to show up more in the in the standings and the win and loss results, probably a week delay. Okay. I'm picking the 49ers to win as well. I'm absolutely terrible at score predictions, but I'll do it for fun. I'm going to go 17-14 San Francisco. Okay. Because why not? I think, yeah, I think they'll probably put up a few more points. I just think I, I then then 17, but you know, probably that's probably not too far off. It'll be it'll be a close game. The defense has been really good. I think though this this will be a test for them. And can they stop the run for four quarters? Uh that's gonna be the thing. If they can get a big lead. That would be huge because then the Falcons will be forced to throw a little bit more. And that's that's what you want. Marcus Mariota is, I think, second worst in the league in terms of hanging on to the ball a little too long because his offensive line has been pretty good. Mm-hmm. And yet the sack rate is high, which is usually means all fingers point right back to the quarterback <laughs> hanging on to the ball a bit too long. Sorry, Marcus. <laughs> all right, guys. Thank you so much for listening. If you like what you heard, please make sure to leave a five-star review. Nick, please let everyone know where they can find you. They, well, I'm not going to tell you like specifically where you can find me. Um, I'm in Lewisburg, West Virginia. That's about all I can give out. No, uh, uh, ESPN across all platforms, ESPN.com, on TV, on the radio every once in a while. Um, uh, on this year podcast, of course, every once in a while. Um, and then on Twitter, um, I, I'm not someone who likes to tweet about anything but football. More often than not, maybe the occasional joke, but uh, it's Wagner with an O. So wagon like your radio flyer at home and ER at the end. Um, and Wagner. Uh, so yeah, I don't like, I don't like doing this. I don't, I don't like, I don't like publicizing myself, but. Well, but you're here <laughs> and, I, and I made you. So you, you guys did. realize there's no ego with Nick Wagner. All right, guys, we will talk to you. Well, not, we won't. I will talk to you next week, but you know, Nick might talk to you too. Who knows? All right. Talk to you later. Bye. All. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.